Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. And so today we are going to talk about redefining fatherhood. And the passage that we're actually going to look at is one that's completely um, unusual for a Father's Day message, and it's certainly unusual for something that is going to speak to us about fathers. It's a passage that actually refers to the time in which Jesus was baptized. And it's a moment in which he finds himself in a moment of his own choosing to be right where the Father has willed him to be. And I think when we understand that the Father's will and our choices can align, it is when we can experience blessings in our life like never before. And Jesus modeled that in every way, and that's why he was obedient in all things, because he pleased the Father, and we're encouraged to do the same, to live as Jesus lived. And the Bible describes that as being a perfect way of life. And if we can manage that, if we can embrace that, and if we can apply that, then we're going to experience what this passage means in a whole new way. And so before we jump into that, I thought it would be important for us to just go through something that is also probably more problematic than theology, and that is dad jokes. And, and the reason dad jokes are hard is because they're intentionally mainly not funny. That's what makes them a dad joke. They're, they're, they're not supposed to make you laugh as much as they're supposed to make you groan. That's how you know you've, you've delivered a perfect dad joke. If you get too much of a laugh, you did it wrong. But if you get it just right, you'll know. And so I'm going to put up some dad jokes and see if you can identify with some of these, okay? Here's one. Did you know that milk is the fastest liquid on earth? It's pasteurized before you can even see it. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That is a perfect dad joke. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. And then we're going to get into the perfection of Jesus. You understand where I'm going with this? The perfect dad jokes and then the perfection of Jesus. Now, number two, the wedding was so beautiful that even the cake was in tears. No, you're laughing too much now. Now it's too much. Okay, here's the third one. What do you call an illegally parked frog? Toad. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes. If you boo, it's even better. If you boo at a dad joke, then it's perfect, okay? So no more laughing, just booze, okay? Next ones, okay? Men, how do you keep the dream alive? You hit the snooze button. Okay, here's, here's number five. Number five. 
You want to hear a joke about paper? Never mind, it's terrible. Okay, okay, that was my top five. But because you're such a great audience, I've got a bonus joke. <laughs> bonus joke. Here it is. What did the ocean say to the shore? Nothing. It just waved. Yes, yes. It's a glorious morning. Happy Father's Day. All right. And now for spiritual things. I got to transition with a prayer because I'm no good right now. <laughs> Father, it is about you. It is about what you can teach us about you and how we can become like you. And today we're going to understand it so much better through how you redefine things for us in your scriptures. We pray that you bless this word and the next moments that follow. In Jesus' name, amen. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says this. So after his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened, and then he saw the Spirit of God that was descending like a dove, and it actually settled on him. And then a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. In the passages that we just read, there are three key things that are in this passage. Three key things that help us redefine what fatherhood is and help us correct the mistakes that we may have because of our absent fathers or because of our lack of proper fatherhood in our own upbringing. It can be because of how we lived our everyday life that we may misunderstand even how the Father is to each of us, redefining what it means to be in relationship with Him. I don't know if you've ever done this, but you, when you find something that's missing in your life, you tend to look for it, and you tend to look for it wherever it is that it becomes available. And sometimes it's something that is really flawed and broken and imperfect that we tend to gravitate towards, and we always hope that it gets better, that it is better, that it somehow fulfills us and satisfies us, and then it always leaves us empty and wanting and desiring more, and yet we can't get it out of our heads that, that this is just what it's always going to be. And because of that, we settle and we just decide that this is how we're going to have to live with the sorrow. That this is what it's going to be. And I can't expect more, even if I want more. And, and there are times when we have literally just walked away from relationships because of the fact that they were just so unfulfilling and unsatisfying, because they would just fill us with so much grief because our expectations were here and the way they were met were always somewhere down low here. And as a result, we found ourselves just wanting more, needing more, hoping for more, but never really experiencing it. Well, the thing about fatherhood and the thing about God as our father is that a father is always present. And in the story that we're in, the moment in which Jesus gets baptized, we see that Jesus is present at his most important moment. This baptism is really about Jesus saying, 
I've accepted the plan that you have for me to come to earth. And baptism is a symbol of Jesus going to the cross. And when Jesus gets baptized, he's speaking to the moment where he's going to go to the cross. So before his ministry even begins, before he even does a single thing, before he teaches a single word, he's going to tell the world that what he's going to do is that he's going to die. And he's going to do it this way. He's going to die, he's going to be buried, and on the third day, he's going to rise again. And baptism spoke to that plan. It spoke to that promise. And it spoke to his purpose. And when Jesus accepted those things, the Father was present. He was present in his life. And the Bible says that the heavens opened and the Spirit of God actually descended on him in an even more powerful manner. It settled on him. It meant that it didn't just appear, but it settled on him. I don't know what's settled in your life. I don't know what remnants are on you from fatherhood that you experienced. But chances are there's, there's a lot of not good in that. There's a lot of stuff that, that settled on you that didn't make you better in this life, that didn't make you feel whole in this life. Chances are that there was a lot of brokenness in, in that, and, 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 and as a result, that brokenness kind of settled on you. And without realizing it, you're, you're every day as a man, you're, you're sometimes living out that brokenness. You're living out that anger. You're living out that frustration. You're living out that life that settled on you. I want you to know that God can redefine that right now, and He can break those patterns so that we can understand that when the Father shows up in our lives, like He is showing up right now, He can settle on you. He can descend on you. And He can change everything that happened before by your heavenly Father's powerful hand instead of your earthly Father's hand instead. Are you ready to experience that change, that difference in your life? I, I don't know about you, but I want the Spirit of God. I want my Heavenly Father's presence to descend on me. I remember one time my dad, um, I begged and begged and begged for, for weeks uh, to take me to a Montreal Expos baseball game. Anybody remember the Spos? It was one of the best days of my life in my childhood to be able to go see a baseball game. My dad was there, he brought me to the stand, and, and he was Italian, so he was trying to haggle the price of a hot dog down, and <laughs> there were some embarrassing moments, but that was just what my dad did. And, and, uh, and then we went back to our seats, and we ate our hot dogs, and we were watching the game, and, and I was playing with my friends that were there, and, and, and that was the... Um, only kid in my class that actually showed up with his dad. And, and I realized that um, my dad like, sacrificed in a way that day that I had never seen him uh, do before. And at a certain point, my dad just fell asleep somewhere around the fifth inning. And if you've ever been to a baseball game, you know that's what's supposed to happen at a baseball game. So <laughs> it's, it's a very slow game. And it's not a lot, not a lot happens sometimes. And so my dad fell asleep, and my friend turned to me, and he said, 
and he said, ha uh, <laughs> your father's asleep. You're such a loser. And I said, <laughs> you're the loser. At least my father's here. And that just like shut him up. I didn't hear another word. And, and what happened is in that moment, my dad showed up. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not often my dad showed up. He showed up in ways that didn't matter to me, but that day mattered to me. As a kid, it mattered, and my dad showed up. And his presence there kind of just like spoke to me about how important I was in his life. And it was a, a testament to everyone else that was also present how important I was in his life. And, and what that does is that when the father shows up, he tells everyone around you in ways that you don't need to because his presence has descended upon you that you are important to him. And when you walk around with this knowledge, with this understanding, with this kind of faith, then you know your life is completely different because your Father is present. Your Heavenly Father is present. Your Heavenly Father has descended upon you. Your Heavenly Father has settled on you. And when your Heavenly Father settles on you, you go everywhere with that presence. That presence isn't just come down on you once, it's always with you. Wherever you go, whatever you're going through, whatever you're battling with, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're trying to believe for yourself, whatever your circumstances are even speaking against, you can just trust in the presence of the Father. The second thing that happens in this story is that there's a Father's love that is displayed here that is unlike any other in the Scriptures. What the Father does in this story is that He tells Jesus and everyone that is hearing and has ears to hear in this moment that this is my dearly loved Son. That no matter what happens next, never doubt and question that. This is my dearly loved Son. A Father loves. A father loves like no other. I, I know that a lot of dads of, of my generation just love their families by working, by providing. Um, I don't know if you ever hugged someone who had never been hugged before. They, they don't know how to do it because they were never trained. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I remember hugging my dad was always like a, a tough thing. And it was, just felt weird, so I, I didn't do it a lot. Every once in a while it would happen, and it was like an awkward moment that we just like brushed off very quickly. And uh, there was one time in particular when I got a little older, I was like 16, and I got a little angrier uh, towards my dad and towards my father and the fatherhood that he displayed in our household. And, uh, and I wasn't even saying hi to him when I came into the house. And um, my, my dad demanded very much uh, from us, but there was one thing that he especially, like, was adamant about, and that was, um, you know, showing him respect. And so walking into the house and not, and not saying hi or, you know, saying hello or just 
saying we're home, um, you know, was not, a, was not okay. But then my father would, would go further than that. He'd say, uh, when you walk into the house, you're going to come to me, you're going to say hello, and then you're going to kiss me on the cheek. And I'm like, Dad, was, like, I tried to negotiate with him and say, how about if, you know, I just say hi? You know, why is the kiss necessary? And, and, and my dad said, my dad said, because even if you don't feel it, I need you to know that I always will love you. And that what like really broke me. He was trying to teach me to love him back the way he loved me but couldn't show it and didn't know how to show it. And so the moment that we were in and, and what we were dealing with there was a moment in which he was trying to teach me something about what it looked like to trust in a love that we sometimes have absent in our life. That we don't experience at a level that we need. That isn't shown to us in a manner that speaks to our life. My dad was trying to tell me that you are loved and you are the most important thing to me. I just don't know how to show it any other way. And so I'm going to put you in a position where you're going to have to step into the house that I have provided for you, and you're going to greet me, you're going to kiss me, and even if you don't feel it yet, the day will come when you will. And I think that when we understand how the Father's love works, it can transcend every moment that we haven't experienced in this life. The difficulties and the challenges that you have and maybe identifying with that love from an absent father or a broken father or a father who just didn't go far enough in terms of expressing that. And maybe you had an amazing father, but very few of us can, can even, in, in saying that we had an amazing father, can't find fault with the way that he lived out his fatherhood. And the truth of the matter is, is that when, when God reveals his fatherhood, he shows it to us in a perfect manner. And what he does is that he shows us that the Father always loves. I wanted to meet up to my dad's expectations and to his standards. Every day of my life when I would come home and show him what I had done, I could always have done better. Did anybody else have a father like that? It didn't matter what I did, it just was never good enough. I, 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 could have, I could have done anything on the field, off in the classroom. I could have just, you know, saved a life. It wouldn't have been enough. He would have said, why wasn't there a second person you saved? <laughs> there was always something more I could have done. And, and if you've lived with that kind of standard and, and always felt that as a result, your, your love was always conditional, it's hard to understand how a father loves. Truly, when we look at the Heavenly Father, 
Imagine never having to do a thing, never having to do anything right, never having to be the best, and yet God says, I love you. Bringing nothing, contributing nothing, offering nothing, being the best at nothing, and the Father still says, you're dearly loved. I couldn't have asked for a better son or a better daughter. If you can understand this, it, it totally shatters whatever image and understanding you have of fatherhood. It redefines it completely. God is saying, this is the love that a father has. And the last thing that happens in this story is that a father affirms. And what he does is that he brings great joy. He, the father here, when he looks at Jesus, he doesn't just say that he's dearly loved, but he says he brings me joy. I, I, I love the fact that my kids still both live with me. I, 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 I dread the day when they won't be there. So I will do everything in my power to keep them there for as long as I can because they bring me such joy. They really do. I love knowing they're home. I love knowing they're in their beds. I love having supper with them. I love being able to sit as a family and still have, you know, good and, and weird conversations. <laughs> I love being able to still get into st stupid arguments with them sometimes. I, I love it all. It brings me a lot of joy. I, I love the fact that I get to still have my family together. And I realize what a privilege that is and how many people don't have that. And how many people would want to have that and, and, and aren't experiencing it because certain things have happened. I, I left home when I was uh, 19 years of age. And, and I, was, I was gone for the, almost the better part of a decade before I, I, I had to move back in married and with a son. <laughs> because I was a pastor and I couldn't afford my own place. And I, I remember that, that all those years of being away, the, the, the thing that I yearned most was to be able to come back to my father's house. A house that I couldn't wait to leave. Does it, does it make sense? A house that I couldn't wait to get away from because I thought that I could do it better. It, it, a, a place where I would find affirmation in other people's homes and in other cities and in other places and in other lands. And I traveled so much and I, 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 I preached the gospel in so many countries and I, and I lived abroad and I pastored in churches in other cities around the world. And I did all those things as long as I didn't have to be in my father's house. And, and, and what God did is that he brought me back to my father's house to make sure that that relationship would heal, to make sure that the things that weren't said and weren't seen and weren't understood and appreciated when I had the opportunity, that he could redeem those moments before my father would eventually die not long after that. After two years of moving back home and being with my father, my father passed away. 
And I saw how God had orchestrated all those things and just gave me that opportunity for closure. And there's sometimes in our lives, guys, where we don't get closure. There's a lot of places in my life where I didn't get it. So even if, if this was a moment where I did, I, I want you to know there were a lot, of, a lot of moments where I didn't. But God gave me a closure that I, I, was, I wasn't even looking for. I didn't even know I needed. He gave me a closure in a manner that I never would have accepted on my own terms. Does that make sense? It's like I had to be forced into that closure. I had to be forced into that moment. I had to be forced into experiencing what I was going through at that time. And what does God do in all those moments is that he still affirms us. Do you feel affirmed by the Father today? Do you feel like he brings you great joy? That no matter what the circumstances of your life are, that he can still bring joy into your life? See, that's what the Heavenly Father does. He doesn't just derive joy from you. He can bring joy to you. And so can you make those steps in your life? Can you take them? Can you understand what they are right now so that he can lead you down that path? Because this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, fathers, uh, don't provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And so in this passage, we're told that God is not a God who provokes. God is not a God who comes into your life and tries to stir things up. He's not there to make things worse. He's there to bring joy. If he has to tell fathers not to provoke their children, it's because God doesn't provoke us. And if you understand this about God, then you'll understand that when circumstances happen the way that they do, and things are happening the way that they are, this is not coming by the hand of God. God is not the one provoking you. God is not the one who is mistreating you. God is not the one who's doing any of these things. And yet often that's who we blame. That's who we walk away from. That's who we say isn't being a good father to us. We say God isn't what he needs to be in my life. And so we get distance from him. But why would we do that when we have a father who is always present? A father who always loves. A father who always affirms. A father who confirms that he is never going to provoke you to anger. He is never going to be the one who mistreats you. But he's going to give you the right measure of discipline and instruction to raise you up in the right way so that you can be your best self in this life. We're supposed to say, God, thank you for your discipline. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you for your correction. Thank you for all those things. Why? Because you love us. Because you affirm us. Because we can trust you in this moment. I know it's, it's a challenge for us to be able to put this into practice the moment that we hear it. But it's important for us to know these truths so that we know what to put into practice. I don't know how to see God or have him in my life if I don't do what he is showing me to do right here. Have you guys ever heard of mansplaining? Mansplaining is a thing. I didn't, it's been a thing for a while, but it's basically a woman who feels like a man is explaining something that she's already got. 
But I also feel like women don't always get us. I feel like sometimes women don't always understand what a guy's doing in the moment that he's doing it. And so I felt this would be a good segment for me to approach this topic. <laughs> and so allow me to mansplain. <laughs> Here's the first one. If something we said can be interpreted two ways, and one of the ways makes you sad or angry, we meant the other one. If we ask what is wrong and you say nothing, we will act like nothing's wrong. We know you are lying, but it is a hassle to find out. <laughs> Only a yes or a no are perfectly acceptable answers to almost every question. We heard every word. We are just too scared to answer. <laughs> That's why there is silence. <laughs> and number five, answers will always be given when the questions are brief, to the point, and asked when we are not watching something. <laughs> Thanks guys, God bless you. So, Lord, as we come before you and we want to understand fatherhood, we know that we're going to understand it best even through your interaction with Jesus. And we look at you and we understand that you are our heavenly father and that you are a good father to each of us. We see that you love us. We see that you are a God who affirms us. We see that you are a God who is always present in every moment of our lives and you know how to deal with us when our earthly fathers provoked us you you know exactly how not to do that when they fail to give us wisdom and instruction lord we can lean on your wisdom for that when we feel like we're never good enough in your eyes there's nothing more that we need to do to be loved completely. And today's a day in which we can be embraced by your fatherhood and be blessed like never before. And I pray for all the dads in the house, and we pray your hand of blessing upon them as they lead their households, as they lead their families, whether their household is complete or whether it's broken. I pray, Lord, that you would be able to enable each of them to step out into the broken places and be an instrument of healing. I pray that you would give them the opportunity to be an even better father than their fathers were to them. I pray, Lord, that you would be able to take all the men that are in the house and, and turn them into men of God that, have, that are of the highest caliber, that are going to redefine not just fatherhood, but manhood in the city in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would help every person take the next steps in their journey so that they can be everything that you have created them to be. And we pray this in the Father's 
perfect love for us as seen and understood and experienced through Jesus Christ, our Lord and friend. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.